Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney+. Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney+, Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. Right off the top, if you're, if you're not following us, make sure you follow us at Awakened Soul Pod. If you want to follow me personally, you can do so at CEO Hayes. We got my boy Rod, your boy Rod, which is his username on Instagram in the building this week for the main discussion topic, in which we talk about why black men being able to take a break from the day-to-day life um, is important to their mental health. We also just get into... A conversation about life, being fathers, being everything is really an all-encompassing conversation. Um, and so make sure you're also checking him out, his podcast, the Blunt Effect Podcast. But it's just a great conversation with my brother uh Rod. And you know, it, it's 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 a lot of it's not many people that I can on short notice just hit up and be like, hey, let's make some magic. Rod is one of those people, I think. Um, anytime me and him link up and have done episodes together, they've been great, they've been insightful. Um, and we just we just have great conversations like that. So Rod is in the building this week on the main discussion topic. Um, and then uh, we do have the end of mine. Hey, segment. So we'll get into that right after our intro music. But before we get into our intro music, I want to thank you guys for the support of the last episode, uh, which was one that I uh, recorded and put out. And it was like I didn't know how people were going to take it. The response to it has been great um, and everything. Uh, you know, Numbers have been really, really good, too. But numbers aside, just the response and hearing from you guys. Uh, it's been just amazing, and I appreciate you guys for it. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy-ass mind uh, and hit the end of mine of Hayes segment right after our intro music, which is about to start now. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. So I only have one topic for the In the Mind of Hayes segment this week. Um, well, one main topic. I do want I, to pick up on something that I talked about before. NBA Finals ended um, since the last episode. And I know on either the last episode or the episode before last, I had uh, the Phoenix Suns were up 2-0. and oh, And I said, based off those two games, I couldn't see the Bucks stopping them where they showed me. Uh, the fact that the Bucks won uh, the NBA title, winning four games in a row, um, just a great series. Giannis is is that dude, and he really stepped up uh, this season, the series, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, shouts out to, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, uh, unfortunately, and let me not say this is a bad topic, right? So let's get into the topic. So Brian Chaney, um, a, a black man in Michigan who was wrongly detained, is actually suing uh, the police department for wrongfully detaining him. And, you know, look up the, the, uh, the story. Like I said, his name is Brian Chaney, so make sure you look that up. Um, and you know, unfortunately it's a story that we hear all too often, it's a situation that we hear all, all too often. And it got me to thinking, um, of like, why is this something that we hear so commonly in our, um, in our community, in our culture? Why is it something that, 
uh, is always, you know, it, we, we always have a, a, a story over a, a bad interaction as a black person with law enforcement. And I read an article um, not too long ago, and I'll try to link the article uh, to this if I can find it. I think that it, it was late. It was last year. And it was it posed the question of why African-Americans or black Americans um, are are blamed for crimes that we didn't commit. And the simple thing was, is because they get away with it. And that's absolutely true. So when you hear a story like this over a black man being wrongly detained and the fact that he's suing, and you know, very often in, in our culture, people are afraid to speak out because of retaliation. They're afraid or don't know what legal ramifications that they can have or, or if they can sue or whatnot. We need to hear, we need to do more of this. We need to, you know, we live in the age of social media where we make everything so public this is something that we need to shine more light on this is something that we need um to see more of because people need to know that they don't have to deal with the bullshit we have to stop we have to stop allowing it we have to stop living in that fear and just accepting that like like you know i had a conversation not too long ago of like wh why black men don't speak up more and i feel like it's part partially due to not wanting to be labeled as the angry black person and i think that plays such a big part and like, and you know, just and that, and just the fear of being jailed, the fear of being harassed, the fear of possibly losing your life off a bad interaction with police. And you know, for the people who don't think and don't understand just how much and how big of a part that plays in like the day to day life, the stress, um, the inherent uh, trauma that we that we carry as Black people, sometimes this is things that these are things that we need to see. We need to see, and you know, who's to say that him suing uh, the Michigan police is going to be successful or not? But the thing is. It is bringing eyes to it. The thing is, if more people do that, if more people call out the bullshit that we have to deal, deal with instead of just taking it as a, hey, this cop fucked me. He's an asshole. I'm glad that I got out. Let me go back to and And like, let me, and that's not to vilify the people they do. It's not to say that anybody is wrong that after they have a, a bad interaction with law enforcement, that they just want to go back to their life and want to forget it. Because I un understand that side, too. But I'm glad that we're that that, you know, in a time in an era where the how wrongly treated African-Americans are in this country and the fact that motherfuckers are tired of the shit. Take every ramification, take every recourse that you have, whether it's legal, whether it's to stage protest. This is a time where people are fed the fuck up. And, you know, we, we all know this. I'm not going to harp in or stay on that topic too long because we all know what happens. We all know what goes on. This is like we've seen more coverage of this now probably bigger than any other point in history because people are fed the fuck up and i'm glad that it's happening i'm glad that you know to see uh this man uh you know he was he was just walking uh he was he was exercising um and you know and this was after dropping his kids off and a cop stopped him and said they were going to frisk him and detain him incorrectly he still shouted at him get his hands out of his pockets this is a black man who's minding his own motherfucking business and i know a lot of people think well these stories aren't that common they're more common than you fucking think and you know we can't keep allowing the shit to be swept under the rug because of fear of whatever else um and that's my opinion on it that's what i wanted to talk about on this week's you know in the mind of hay segments i really wanted to just mention how and talk about you know a topic that we that we all carry some form or fear of generally is that black men carry that black people. Let me just stop saying black men, black people carry this fear of what if this is the time that an interaction with a, um, with a, with, a, with a cop goes left, it goes wrong. What if I end up losing my life? What if I end up getting beat up? What if I end up going to prison and being accused of something that I didn't do? Uh, to go back to the article that I mentioned um, of, of the fact that black people are so confused because society has allowed people in law enforcement to get away with it. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, one last thing, and this kind of just came up, um, uh, is um, so we, we all heard again, and I don't know if I, if I even talked about it. I think I may have talked about it on the, on the film frequency, but I don't know if I talked about it here, is that we all heard that, you know, Warner Brothers, they hired, uh, that more than likely it's going to be a black Superman for the next super Superman story. And, you know, everybody kind of went back to Michael B. Jordan at one point in time. I know there was conversation going around about him possibly being the next Superman. And, you know, my, my, my stance on this has always been, you know, does Superman's race really matter? He's an alien, right? He's not a white man. He's an alien, but I've always said that, you know, I would like to see rather than turning uh Superman, somebody who's who a black character who was black in the comics, 
and let's bring more characters because there are so many black versions of superheroes that are in the comics that people don't aren't aware of so while wb seems like they may be moving in wb uh, warner brothers and dc seems like they may be moving in the, in that direction with the next main superhero film apparently michael b jordan has a separate um superhero project that's going to hbo max about val zod now this is a black superman this is a superman in the comics who is at, who is who was black and so I know J.J. Abrams is bringing his thing and his reimagining of Clark Kent. That's that's who's who's making that. But the fact that um, and it's set on Earth too, so it's a different Earth. Anyone who knows the DC comics, you, you, they have a lot of Earths. But the fact that like Michael B. Jordan is getting a project for Val Zod created and is going to HBO Max. This is the same place we saw the Snyder Cut go and everything like this. These are the type of projects that I get excited about. And yes, I'm, don't get me wrong. J.J. Uh, Abrams doing the Superman, and if that Superman's black, if, whatever. If the movie's good, I'm going to be there. But to have Michael B. Jordan, this is why I like that so many studios are getting their own um, streaming services because we're going to start seeing more experimental stuff like this, like WB, and we already know seeing what Marvel is doing um, and how they're using Disney Plus to kind of bring more um, uh, like side projects on. But Michael B. Jordan clearly something he's passionate about this. If he's if he's the one getting it off the ground. And the fact that they're allowing him to, and the fact that it'll be on HBO Max, we need to show up, we need to support it as long as it's good when this comes out, because who knows where that may go from this. And it's so there's so many different people who carry the Superman mantle in the comics that I get it. You know, if they want to do something different with Superman, it's all there in the source material. Not that most most people who watch it are going, who watch these movies necessarily always know the source material, but it's just good to see different representation um, and this is this is the way that I like it to be done is when you have somebody who is black in the comics and they're trying to bring it to the forefront and you have somebody um, who is is of the culture, who's leading it and passionate about it, who wants to bring that vision uh, to life. So, you know, let me know what you guys think, what you guys think of overall, the black Superman, what you think about Michael B. Jordan having his own project on top of J.J. Uh, Abrams project moving forward. Um, with his version of Superman and then we also got rumors that a Man of Steel sequel may be coming so possibly three Superman projects in the works Superman's a huge character it makes sense I can understand that but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see where all the chips fall and everything goes with this so be on the lookout for that um, but that's it we're going to head into the main discussion topic where we got Rod in the building from the Blunt Effect podcast it's a great conversation I'm titling this one Blunt Talk so we'll be uh see you guys after that we're going to get into a brief intro i mean a brief musical break catch you guys on the other side of that with the main discussion topic let's get it What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast, and I am joined by your boy Rod from from the Blunt Effect Podcast. First of all, before we even get started into the topic that we have today, let me just commend you. From the last time that we had an episode, you have stepped the fuck up, bro. Like I see the content you producing, I see the videos, like the new logo for the podcast. I'm like, bro, didn't bro didn't hit the glow up? I, I I like that. Hey, I'm I'm trying to, bro. I'm trying to do something. You know what I mean? Just to kind of expand the brand and show that I'm serious about it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's it's working in my favor. But I know there's still a lot more room to grow and a lot more work I got to do. Definitely, definitely. I uh, I remember one of the first conversations we had. It was about like what goes into podcasting and taking it seriously and wanting to be respected as a business. And uh, you've you've definitely t- taken those steps, bro. And I'm happy for you, man. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it most definitely. For sure, man. Yeah, you've been you've been doing your goddamn thing, man. I can't even can't even uh deny that you've been you've been firing on all cylinders, bro. <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. Appreciate that most definitely. And same to you, bro. You know, you've always been doing your thing. And, you know, I look at your content and that's like your content is motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? To keep going harder every time I do it. I appreciate that. I I listen. The thing that I always say and I try to try to just be honest about it, man. The only difference between me and any other creative is just the fact that I'm willing to do all this shit, bro. I'm willing to put in the time and effort. And that's really like when people ask, like, how how i do xyz or how i do so much and honestly bro the only fucking answer i have for them is i i 
I I have no problem putting in all the time that's needed to get this shit done. Facts, big that's, facts. That's all that it boils down to. Ain't I don't feel like there's nothing super special about me. I don't do nothing that other people can't or haven't done before me. It's just that I uh I know what I'm willing to put in, and can't nobody stop me, bro. Nobody can stop me from doing what the fuck. Big I do. facts, big facts, bro. And that and that's what it's all about for me, man. Other than that, we'll see where it goes, man. But uh, enough about that, bro. So we, I, it's an interesting topic to talk about, and so you know, one of the things with like creating content, I always say that your real life should be should be the content. That it, it should be easy to create content because if you're using your real life and the things that you go through day to day. It, the shit have come to you and it'll come easy. And so, you know, me and you were talking, uh, I, I had a vacation, an unexpected one, but a needed one. And while I was on there, I was just thinking about how as black men, bro, we really don't do take the vacations that we need, man. We don't like, and, uh, and take time to step back. And so like, I, I it's only a couple of people I feel like I could really have this conversation with and they, and they dig deep. Like I want to dig deep in it. So I hit you up, man. So first, um, what do you think as black men that we that we take not, and not even necessarily by vacation? I mean, go to a different city like, yeah, do that if you can. But like, I feel like we as a, as a culture feel like if we stop, if we slow down, we are going to get passed up career wise. We taking time away from our family or we doing X, Y, Z. But really, when it comes time to it, we all need that time to reset. Do you feel like as black men, we take as much time to reset as we need to? Um, as black men specifically, no, I don't think we take the time that we need to. And I think that's from a level of stability, if that makes sense. I feel like us as black men, we have to work that much harder to get to where we are in life. So there's in a sense, no time for breaks. You know what I'm saying? Cause just like you said, like we, we take a break and something might pass us by, or we might, we might miss a gym. We might miss something in general. Whereas, you know, the others may not have so much as a hard time, you know what I'm saying, catching back up and they might have that opportunity to be able to take a break. I feel like us as black men, we have so much on our plates, you know, with just living the day to day life and just trying to make it to the next day mm -hmm. that we really mentally, even though we might want to say, you know what, man, shit, I want to I want to sit down like I want to just sit back and do nothing. I don't want the kids here. I, don't want, I just want to sit and watch the game like, or just chill. I feel like we don't have as much time as we would like to make to do those types of things. And I, and I feel like, so this is where I feel like black women definitely understand this more than what we have. Cause black women will take their vacations. They'll go on their girls trips. Men, Facts. it's like we, <laughs> we'll go on trips with our women, right? Or we'll go on trips with the family. But how often, I'm, and I don't say nobody does it, but how often do we really sit back and be like, Look, me and the boys, we finna, we finna go to Florida for a week. We finna go kick Facts. it for a week. Like, and, and you know, I really feel like it's needed. And we, we, we need to be able to, to we, we, we have to wear our armor on day to day. Like, we do. Like, anyone who tells you they, that we don't, it's, it's fucking lying. Like, we, we go through shit. Um, and I had a conversation with somebody before of, like, because um, they were saying how, like, black men, we won't speak up when our food gets wrong or whatever. And then the women have to do it. And I asked the question, I was like, well, how much of that do you think is that we don't want to be looked at as the angry black man? So we kind of just take Facts. it and we just go and we don't want to make a scene or whatever. And I Facts. think that same mindset applies to us taking a break. Like women will say proudly, look, I've been a mother for 360 days out the week. I need Facts. the next five to myself. I'm finna go on a vacation with the girls. Men, we don't say that shit, bro. Facts. And that's the truth, bro. And I feel like um, kind of it can be a level of just, you know, us being men and us being, you know, I don't want to say big headed, but more masculine, just more like I don't have to, I don't need to tell nobody I need a break. I'm a man, you know what I'm saying? That type of deal. But like you said, bro, I feel like from a mental standpoint, we all need breaks. And that's something that more recently that I've been touching on in my podcast is the stability of is mental stability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And especially within black men, because we go through so much. And just like you said, we don't, we don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Just like we don't say we need a break. We don't talk about any of our issues or any of the problems that we have going on in our minds as men in general. So I feel like, you know, those are things that we need to do. We need to take breaks and we need to spend more time with our family. And, you know, what I'm saying just kind of 
not be vulnerable, but yeah. be vulnerable around the right around the right people. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like us as men, that would help us out tremendously as far as like dealing with mental issues and being able to cope and being able to communicate. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head there. Like it all comes back to to mental health. And you know, us as black men, we I feel like we're the first generation to start understanding the importance of getting our mental health together, right? Like, Facts. like our, the, the my uncle and the people before me, like you try to talk to about to about mental health to them, and they look at you like you speaking a foreign language. So, like, I feel like we're the first ones to really understand that, and that plays like we we so often don't think about how much really plays into our mental health, right? Like working jobs that we don't really like, like. Black men for the longest, and not let me not just say black men, you know, black women too. Like we took whatever jobs that we can because we had to provide for our family. We didn't have the right. luxury of our counterparts to say, you know what, this career isn't 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 for me. I'm a I'm a quit and go find another one. Like we didn't have that, right? And even 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 starting off life, well, let, let's just look at it. Like the typical black man is put out of their family's house. You feel me? Their mother's house, their dad's house. You got yeah, you got to find a job. You got to get out. Whereas the our white counterparts, they almost get to stay with their parents until they get on their feet completely. They be damn near ready to buy a house before they Facts. even think about moving Facts. out. Facts had a money in the account, exactly. perfect credit, and all. We we no savings, no nest egg, barely any fucking retirement. If we even know the importance of a four hundred one k, sometimes right. no health insurance. Like me, I moved out of my mama's house when I was nineteen. And I look back, I had I had my first job full time. I made seven seventy two an hour. The rent at my first place was five twenty five. Do the fucking math. I was barely fucking getting by. You right. Feel me? But the pride right. in me would have never allowed me to be like, hey, no, I'm going to go stay back with my mama for a little while. And even then, like, my, my mom probably would have let me. Don't get me wrong. But you best believe there would have been a timer on that shit. There would have been, hey, you got a year from now, if you still in this house, we got some problems. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I kind of came up the same way, bro. Like, I feel like, you know, I moved out when I was like, like 21. So I was a little bit older, but um, that was something that I really took serious when I moved out. Like I took that because my mother gave me the opportunity. She said, you can live here as long as you got a job or as long as you're going to school, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And I always kept a full time job. So I didn't have no issues. But when I was ready to move out, I always knew in the back of my mind, like, I can't come back here. Yeah. I mean, I know she'll let me come back if I need to, but I don't want to need to come back. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, like you said, some of our counterparts, they just kind of, you know, they have everything kind of lined up for them to where, yeah, they might not come back, but mommy and daddy done lined that up for you. Whereas us as black men, we had to kind of go out and do trial and error and learn on our own how to, how to save our own money. I know when I was growing up, bro, I didn't know nothing about saving. The only thing I knew about saving was that my mother always had a hard time doing it. I knew that <laughs> 401k. I had no idea health insurance and, I had no idea. Like, and then when I got older and I started doing stuff on my own, it's like, damn, like I really do need dental insurance. I can't pay for this shit out of pocket. Damn. I really do need health insurance. I can't afford it. I can't even afford to get sick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just little stuff like that, that I feel like we as black men, and I feel like that's on our end. I feel like that's great that we had to learn that stuff the hard way because that's what makes us mentally stable and makes us, you know what I'm saying? Able to do the things and survive and go through the things that we go through in life because we done been there. We done learned through different trial and errors and we know how to deal with things where some of our counterparts, they might not be able to deal with those types of things on the type of level and mental stability that we can deal with it because we done seen our parents go through it. We done seen our cousins and our uncles and Gener- unfortunately it's been generation generations that we've seen it, but we've seen it so much that now we're like me and you, we're at the point to where we're like, fuck that. This shit is no longer happening. Like we're going to be the first of our generations to show, you know what I'm saying? This is what we need to do to prepare ourselves and prepare our families. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I mean, I, you know, it, it, to, to kind of bring it back to like the whole take, being able to take a step back and stuff like, like I said, it's all about creating a space for you to be able to do to get that stuff off your chest, to to rebound mentally, to rebound emotionally. To because you know, as much as we talk about black men and us learning to communicate better, um, it, you you have to learn to communicate with yourself. And I could say, I, let me speak for me. Let me not even speak for all black men. Let me speak for me. It took me into damn near into my thirties to I learn to even admit like, 
All right, this is what I'm feeling and this is why I'm feeling it. Much less to communicate that to another grown motherfucker. You feel me? So Facts. like like Facts. And, and, and you know, we don't because we we get we get taught like I became a father at 19. Right? That's when I was almost 20 when my son was born. And so it's been family mode my whole adult life. Like it's been taking care of my family, taking care of my responsibilities, and it really it all caught up with me. To the point to where, like, I had a break. Like, not a break to where, like, I snapped or went crazy. But I had a break to where it was just like, I don't want to do shit. I don't want to see none of you motherfuckers. I don't want <laughs> right. to go nowhere. Like, and then I had, to, I had to stop and process why I was feeling like that. What was happening in my life or what happened in my life that led me to get to that point. And when I started pulling it all out and unraveling it bit by bit, I started going back to things that happened when I was like 16, 17 that I never stopped and even healed from. And so like right. you, it's important to take that and to get those moments to yourself and yeah, it feels selfish. Yeah. It feels whatever. But the thing that I've learned is that when you don't make time for you, you're also not giving, not allowing yourself to regroup, to give more to your family. Like you have to be right. able to have that, have that moment, whether it's going into the man cave, sitting down, turning on ESPN and just not doing nothing but staring at that TV for a while. Like, yeah, people will look at it like, damn, you just sit and watch ESPN for two hours being lazy. No, I'm regrouping myself because when I go back, when I leave out this man cave, I got to take care of everybody else and do the things that I need to do. So, like, let me let me get these two hours. Let me get these two hours to, to, to rebuild myself. So what are some what are the, some of the things that you do um, that help you like uh, regain your mental, regain your composure after like just li- just the day to day life. Um, me, bro, I just like to sit back and relax, bro. Like I'll come home. I like to, uh, you know, I don't want to go too extensive on what I like to do, but you know, <laughs> you know what I like to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, and I'll just sit back and watch TV, bro, and just I either play the game or something, and just kind of sit back and relax. Like it doesn't really take much. Sometimes all I really need is just some quiet time bro like because that's just really what like, it be bro it, it, for real bro because i done i done caught myself like in the car driving with no music on and then by the time i'm like almost where i'm supposed to be i'm been i'm sitting there thinking to myself like damn i've been thinking for a minute like didn't even realize exactly. i ain't had no music playing yeah. and then i'll be and then when i think about it, i'm like damn i needed that because that gave me time to be able to like i don't have nothing going on around me you know what i'm saying i feel like that's the hardest part about clearing your mind and taking that break is that there's always something going on especially like you know you got kids bro there's always something going on bro even when there's nothing them motherfuckers can be sleep sound asleep bro and (laughs) something is going on in that motherfucking house bro like you always got to be on on standby so it's just like there's not too many periods of time where you really get to be away from everything and really be like by yourself and really take that time out by yourself. And for me, it's just like those car rides home. And I mean, even though it's only like 10 or 15 minutes, like that's enough time for me to get out of work mode and be prepared for what's coming when I walk through the door. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's where, you know, a lot of, now, I'm not, not going to say a lot, but I feel like that's where conflict can come from within the house sometimes. Like, you come home from work, you done had a shitty day, you know what I'm saying? Your spouse or whoever's living with you done had a shitty day, whether your kids done had a shitty day at school, and then attitudes is flying, you already pissed off because you done had to deal with Joe and all that bullshit at work, and you come home, and then the house ain't clean. And then the first thing you thinking is like, I, like, what the fuck? Like, this shit is not supposed to look like this. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like those times, like that 10 to 15 minutes is more or less like when you come in the house and the house is still dirty, you can just look at it and be like, I expected this. Okay, I'll help. You know what I'm saying? Versus coming in the house and just spazzing out and being like, ah, what's going on? Nobody did shit. Y'all been home all day. I work hard all day to come home and stuff. You know, just that kind of shit. So for me, that's what it is. Just 10, 15 minutes, peace and quiet. I mean, if I get if I get an hour, hey, I'm, I'm happy. But 15 minutes is good enough for me because that's enough for me to just really like let everything go and like you said just reset but like i said before bro before we got on i'm I'm still looking to get my week i need my week bro yeah, i'm telling you bro like, <laughs> it, it's it's a different level of peace when you get a week to, to to yourself and nothing but your thoughts like yeah i mean you having those little moments throughout throughout the week or just like you said on your drive home to be able to to get that off to just prepare to end the day with the fam or whatever it it definitely helps, but to have like a week where you literally can like turn your phone off and just like sit by a pool, sit on the beach, sit on like my thing that I've been doing lately for me to unwind 
is like I'll take my camera, you know, I'm into photography. Yes, and sir. I'll literally go into like the fucking damn near the fucking wilderness, bro, where I can't nobody get in touch with me and just take pictures of shit. Literally. Hell for yeah. For hours, bro. <laughs> and then I'm telling you the, the drive back, like I'm good. Like it, it, I, I I don't know how old you because you have a son, right? Right. He's eleven. He's eleven. Okay. So you're 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 preteen. Um yeah. it's it's nothing like having teenagers, bro. And when your te- your teenagers are moody, they got an attitude. You had a bad day at work, and then like all it's like it's too many fucking attitudes, bro. Like sometimes in this house, especially because I have two girls that are teenagers and one son that's a teenager. There's times where I literally I'll be looking at these motherfuckers like, and I and I tell my I'll tell my kids too. I'll be like, you mad about that? All right, listen, let me I'm finna show you all the bills that I had to pay this week. <laughs> I'm I'm finna show you all the bills I had to pay. And so like I've I've started doing this thing with my kids where. Because I'll do anything for my children. My children are really good children. They right. do good in school. Um, but the thing that I, I had to realize is that by me trying to overcompensate for, like, my parents not getting me certain shit, I almost get them whatever they want, and they don't really understand the concept of money. So nice. I've been I've been telling them, like, all right, I'll get you this, but I need you to realize this. I had to work X amount of hours to be able to even afford this. So I need those hours back from you in chores. Facts. That's what I need. Facts. I need my Facts. time back. So. And and it's it's really been helping and um but yeah I mean to get back to the thing it's like for me it, for me it's the photography for me sometimes it's 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 sitting downstairs in in this studio like there's times where after the kids lay down go to sleep all the lights are off I'll just come down in the studio on the couch in the lounge side and I'll just sit there and read a book bro like I'm not even in here nice. record recording nothing or editing anything I'm literally just sitting here reading a book with my little one light on in the corner and it's quiet as fuck man facts and sometimes that's that's what really what it is you know i feel like us as men even though we don't get a lot of downtime we don't need all the extras you know what i'm saying like it could be something so simple like reading the book you know just sitting down watching tv whether it be by yourself or whoever you know what i'm saying like it's just we just need a time where there is like we don't have to think about shit like where we don't have to worry about who's doing what, what's going on, who's coming over, who's doing this and who's doing that, just some time for us to sit back and relax. And I feel like, I'm going to be real, bro. I feel like as men, we give women the benefit of the doubt when it comes to them getting their me time, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. We don't really, I mean, I feel like we get it, but at the same time, like you said earlier, we don't ask for it. It's not an announcement. It's not a come in and say, hey, I'm taking some me time. Me and the guys are going out of town for the weekend or me and the girl or not me and the girls, but me and the kids are going, you know, what I'm saying to the beach for five days. It's never nothing like that. I feel like Bro. when we get our me time it's when the whole family's going together to do something. It's never like, exactly. all right, babe, I'm, I'm going out for the weekend. Don't call me. And, and the funny thing is that, OK. And this this may this may set off my women listeners, but fuck it, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> the thing is, is that I feel like as black men, especially if you're in a relationship, if you tell your woman, "All right, I'm finna go to the the, the beach for a week. I'll see you in a week." The questions, the doubt, yeah, and so like bro. we don't even, we don't want to deal with that headache, so we don't even we'll be like, "All right, when are we all going to the beach?" Just because I don't Facts. even want to I don't, I don't even want to hear your mouth about that. Facts. It's gonna it should, be who you going with. Exactly. Who gonna be there? Oh, nah. Yeah, and it shouldn't even be like that. We should be able to to be to just say, "Hey, we going to kick it with the boys. We're gonna be gone for about three, four days." Facts. Now to give to give the women a little bit of credit, you know, there are there are some guys out there who who do the same thing. So you know. We gonna gain some of them women listeners back, and we gonna give them some credit. Some of the some of the guys be on that same thing. So I mean, but I get exactly what you're saying, bro. Like, yeah. it's just got to be a, a level of communication between the significant others that you know that is a level of trust that you can have your time and do whatever you want to do. I trust that you're not gonna do anything disrespectful to the family or the relationship, and we all good. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that goes back to that communication piece, right? But and you know. We should be able to reassure our loved ones, like, "Hey, I'm just going because I need a break." You feel me? You can go. Facts. Like, I, I really, I really feel like it's important in the relationship to say, to, for for you to have your solo vacation, her to have her solo vacation, and then us to have a family vacation. Like, we should Facts. be able to do that over the course of twelve months. Not, and I'm not saying a whole week each time. Even if it's just a weekend, even if it's a, I'm leaving Friday, I'll be back Sunday evening type thing. Like, it's important Facts. to get that. And um. You know, I, I think uh, once black men 
as a, as a whole, because there's there's certain of us to do. Like once we understand how how traveling and how like I mean, there's a a podcast and the name's escaping me now where it's a black guy who he literally sponsors black men who don't have their passports. He'll pay for their passports so they can travel because he noticed Damn, that black dope. men black men don't understand the importance of traveling, especially internationally if you can. Now I know that's a more Tracks. difficult thing for people, but like you got to get out. You got to see other things. You got to see other cultures. You got to see how people do things outside of just your city and your state. Like like my best friend Brian, I know you're going to be listening like he was damn near 30 for the first time he left the city he grew up in. Damn. Damn, that's crazy, bro. And I mean, that's that's that is very true and very important. Like I haven't been to a lot of places, but I mean, I haven't been out the country. I don't count the Bahamas as going out the country, but I, I haven't been out the country. And there's places that I do want to go out the country, but like you said, traveling. I, and I feel like I'm 30 now, and I feel like I might have been about 27 when I really got to the point to where I was like, "Yo, I got to travel. I got to." You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I've been, I've been a few places. Like, I, I've been outside of my state, and my city, and stuff like that. But like, like me and you had a conversation where I talked about, you know, maybe relocating. You know, that that's something that I really like will want to do. But I feel like just with life and you know, having a job and all that kind of stuff, sometimes it can be kind of hard trying to relocate the whole family. Yeah. And everybody might not be on board. So that's, you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of the issues that I got going and everybody on my girl's side, like her family is like 15 minutes up the road. Whereas for me, it's just my mother lives in the city. Everybody else, nobody else lives in the city. So for me, it would be easy to just up and leave because I don't got nobody here but my mother. And But for her, you know, her whole, like literally her mom's side of the family is here. Her dad's side of the family is here. So like they're all here. So you know, for, for that's where for me it might be a little bit hard, but at the same time, I mean, that's what traveling is for, bro. I'm 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 gonna make my way around this around this world one way or another because there's too much Got stuff to, out man. here Got that to. it's you and know, it's beautiful, man. It's it's and it, it's funny how like it, it different cities, different states, they do things like it's the same but different, and it's like. It's just amazing to get to see. You know me, I was an army brat, so we moved around a lot. So like moving is never anything to me um, personally, but like I got kids. They got a mother. Me and their mother aren't together. So me moving, are they coming with me? Are they staying with her? Like, so it's, 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 it's too many moving parts that now I'm kind of stationary for a while, but like I get that itch to move, bro, every three or four years. Like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's like, I was in St. Louis for 11 years. I've been in Columbus now for it'd be f- it just was just was four years uh, in May, um, and literally Dallas is on my radar. Houston's oh, on my radar. Uh, um, South Carolina's bro, hear, on my radar, bro. I like hear it's Texas just, is where it's at for. Listen, for but see, for the blacks, thing I worry bro. about with Texas is that Texas is is like becoming the new Atlanta for black people. So it's yeah. like it's like come on, everybody's moving to Texas now, man. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like it, it, my thing for the reason why I love. I have a lot of connections in Dallas. I have a lot of people that I'm cool with and and creatives that I'm cool with in Dallas. But also, I think for me, but since I do photography, since I, I'm starting to do more short films, I think it'd just be beneficial to me to be in a warm weather city all year rather than fucking right. Ohio winters where everything shuts yeah. the fuck down in yeah, Ohio. Twelve inches <laughs> of snow and all that crazy shit, yeah, bro. Man, like. Um, so that's why, like, I'm I'm thinking about the places that I'm thinking about, but then it's like at the same time, my 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 oldest is 15, my youngest is eight. Um, so if I wait four or five more years, my youngest would be 13. All my other kids would be adults. So then it's like, all right, right, I can probably tough this out for for four or five more years. I'll be 38, 39. All right, I still got a lot of life ahead of me. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, and that, and that's one thing that that we have in our in our community too is that like we don't move for whatever reason. We're afraid to take that thing, and it's like I get it that we that especially if you have a lot of family there, if all your family there, and that's all you knew. But at the same time, you got especially when you start your own family, you got to build your own memories. You got to build your own roots. When we look at our grandparents, most of our grandparents, even if they 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 came from the south, they came from different right. Cities. Not like my my grandma grew up in Mississippi before she moved to St. Louis, and then my mom was in St. Louis till so she was twenty, and then she joined the military and started traveling all over the place. Like black people moved in like groups back in the day, and now we right. like we kind of stay stationary. It's like no, get the fuck up and move, man. Hell yeah! I mean, shit, like you said, bro, we all gotta explore. We all gotta, you know. I, 
I've, I've learned that there's so many different things that are available and accessible if you just get out and, and travel. Yeah. Like you meet so many different people and you come across so many different opportunities that you never would have thought that you would come across because you're in a different area. You're in a different demographic. Like there's things that might not be popping. Like I'm in Charlotte. There's, there's things that might not be popping in Charlotte, but I bet if I came to Ohio, you know what I'm saying? That shit might be popping up there. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like that's how you get the networking, especially as creators, as entrepreneurs, traveling is something I feel like is very essential because that's how we network. That's how we get our stuff around to different people around the country and around the world. We can't do that if we're just staying in one station, staying stagnant the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what, because a lot of the like podcast festivals and shit got canceled because of COVID. Now that we're going into 2022, um, well, we're halfway through 2021. But as we get into 2022, it's like I really hope those festivals and things open back up because, bro, I know you like you became a creative during this shit, basically. Like, right. Oh, I'm definitely gonna be hitting you up. Like, hey, bro. Af- Af- First of all, Afros and audio next year in May in New York. I need you there with me, bro. I'm not even oh, gonna lie. Bro. To you. You bro, got I've to never me. even I've never been in New York. Bro, when I so tell I'm you down. when I tell you I have never been around as many as many melanated people and it be all positive, bro, it was it felt like a family reunion when we went there, bro. Fast. It, like it was one of the most beautiful things that I have ever seen. It was so that would have been 2019 because the one in 2020, no, that would have been 2020 because the one in 2021 was digital. Um and they're going back to to live in 2022, bro. I'm telling you, it was. And then um, the the Melanin Mana Festival in Dallas, Texas. Those are the two festivals, bro. That I tell you, if you don't make it to any any other one, you got to make it to those. Like they oh, were yeah. some of the most beautiful shit. And the the Melanin Mana Festival wasn't even all creatives. Like it, well, it was it was artists, it was podcasters, it was filmmakers, it was um people who made like jewelry and clothing. It was people selling their 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 cannabis line, like legit businesses. Bro, it was fucking. It's beautiful, bro. It's fucking. Hell beautiful. yeah, I definitely got to get it, get into that, bro. Most Man. definitely. Man, I'm I'm telling you, like it it was. I can't wait to get back to these festivals and then like you 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 build uh, networking. Like when I went to the Afros and Audio Festival, that was like right when I started taking photography semi seriously. And then one of the people there um, reached out to me because we kind of talked about. it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to start taking photography more seriously. A year later. That person hit me up and was like, man, uh, my girlfriend's pregnant. And I remember you said you do photography. Would you come out and do her maternity pics? Bro. Hell yeah. Like it's just, it, it connect, you never know where connection is going to make you. That's why you need to get out and network, bro. Yes, sir. Like, yes, sir. Networking is important, man. And we we often like creating is this kind of, it can feel like you're alone because you're editing by yourself or you're posting by yourself and you can feel like that. But really it doesn't have to be like that. If you don't make it, if you build these connections with people who are like-minded with you and you can tell the difference between people who are trying to capitalize off whatever buzz you have, but and who actually want to build with you, that shit is beautiful, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, bro. And I mean, in this, in this podcasting game, I mean, I've only been in it for a year, but I've connected with a lot of people, bro. And I've, I've, talked about things and thought about things that I never thought that I would, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It intrigues my thinking. Like when I talk to other people and hear what they have to say and hear their ideas, it it intrigues me. It like lights a fire in me and it gets me going because now it's like, what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do what they're doing, but I want to do, I want to one up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to just sit back and just, you know what I'm saying? Let them steal the show. Like I got something to prove my damn self. So that's how I look at it. I mean, not necessarily like a competition, but from a standpoint of motivation and wanting to be better at what I'm doing instead of just, you know, talking about the same stuff or, or treating my podcast the same way that other people treat theirs as far as like how they present it. Like it's easy to look at somebody's ideas or look at somebody's, presentation and be like oh yeah i want to take something from them and put it in my show i've tried it i've done it yeah. but then after a while it's just like eh, nah like this ain't this ain't doing it like i gotta be me because for a point of for a point in time it feels like you're just not being yourself that's for sure that's for sure and like what, what we're talking about like finding your moments to escape and your in your way to unwind i know for me podcasting has absolutely become that bro like it's 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 like 
it, I always say like, it's my therapy in a way. Like, yeah, I enjoy doing this. It's super fun and everything, but really I feel like there's, there's things and ideas that I've, that doing this has taught me to tap into myself that I would have probably never gotten to if it didn't. Like, I, I think I told you the first time, like I used to be, I'm quiet as shit in real life. I used to be terrified of public speaking. Like not only have I had live shows that I've talked in front of like hundreds of people. I've speak, I've spoke at festivals and shit. Like the fact that I probably would have never built that skill. I probably would have never even known that I was capable of doing it had I not started for this podcast. Like this, it's and it's made me more confident in like giving presentations at work and shit. Like that, that shit is nothing. I can, I can, nice. I can give a, a meeting to the other managers. If I'm sitting here performing in front of a hundred people that I don't even fucking know for real, you feel me? Facts, so like, big facts. like yeah, it, it, it's helped me in so many aspects of my life that it's like, it, it's absolutely therapeutic because of that, man. Absolutely. Hell yeah, bro. And I feel the same exact way because it's times where I just go in the podcast room. I might not even, you know, necessarily had a plan to go and record, but I'll go sit down in my chair and I'll just, you know what I'm saying? I'll start thinking. And the next thing you know, I got an idea. And like you said, it just gives me podcasting is therapeutic for me more or less because I don't have to care what anybody thinks. Exactly. Like yep. when you're on Facebook or in person with people, you got to have like a certain, I'm not going to say a shield, but you got to have a certain persona about you. You can't always say exactly what's on your mind, exactly how you want to say it. But with this podcast and shit, bro, you can say whatever the fuck you want, however you want to say it about whoever. And there's no filter and people you know, people are going to judge you regardless because there's always going to be people that don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. But more or less, there's going to be people that say, bro, I feel you like I, I get what you're saying. And that's what I like about podcasts, because not only for that, like I get to vent and say what I want to say, how I want to say it. But it reaches a magnitude of people. And then that feedback, when it comes back, you know, especially when it's love, it's, it's just like, that's what I did it for. Like I, I got I, my, my goal is accomplished because now I've reached somebody else that's not in my area or not within my circle. And they, we don't know each other. And they came back to me and said, they, they thought my shit was dope and they, they fuck with it. And that's, that's what I, you know, that's what I do it for. It, it helps me relieve some thoughts and some tension that I might have and I can say whatever I want to say about it. And then somebody else can receive the information and take what they want from it. And, you know, congratulate me if you want, if you don't, then it's cool. But it, as long as you hear it and as long as you, you can take what you want to take with it. And, but I mean, for me, it's just really therapeutic just to be able to speak my mind at, at the magnitude that I want to speak my mind. Because like I said, like everybody can be real quote unquote, and everybody can say what they want to say. But when you at work, you're not saying what you really want to say. You know, when you want to tell Joe, fuck you, you're not saying fuck you, Joe. You're saying, Joe, I'm going to go take a break. I'm yeah. going to take a breather. You're not saying fuck you. Like, when you get on the podcast, you can say, hey, Joe, fuck you. Yeah. And he can't say nothing. Like, I mean, so for me, that's that's what it is for me. It's just being able to have that level of comfortability to be able to really just express exactly what I mean and not be sorry for it. Yeah, I mean, I think like for for anybody who's a creative, especially like a podcast or whatever, and they feel like they always have to give the PC versions of their opinion. I don't understand how they how they can fucking do it, bro. Because that shit would drive me crazy. I gotta do like you said. I gotta do this shit forty hours a week when I'm clocked into my job. The last thing I'm gonna do on my platform is cut any of my fucking thoughts. And I and Facts. I and I always say like it's it, it's fine. You don't have to. Um, agree to understand somebody's point and there's a lot of people that i can understand the points that you're making i don't necessarily have to agree with you but look because right. you articulated it i fuck with you i don't have like the people who like always need people to agree with them or always have to agree with the people that they bring into their circles i i don't want no yes people around me. man or woman, i can't do that shit. so like um to get back like when i'm when i'm in this platform i'm unapologetically me and everything and if you fuck with me you fuck with me if you don't you don't that's fine but at least if you don't fuck with me i can honestly say well you you got the real me so if you don't fuck with me cool Facts. like it's, it's Facts. all right cool so and that's um, and that's one thing bro like you said like if you fuck with me for me being me then that that's all the better but at least i can say if you don't fuck with me you're not fuck with me because i was being fake yeah yeah yeah, and you don't you won't have that thought in the back of your mind like damn they ain't fucking with me and i was trying to do whatever so, so for right, thinking about their feelings right. no they don't fuck with me because i, I feel cool i ain't right. no hate at all like don't fuck with me then facts 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. This, this, I don't, I don't understand the people who get in this shit to want to be liked or want want people to agree with them because one thing I've learned about this shit, especially if you gain an actual following and base, they're gonna be people who listen to you every single week. For nothing more that they 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 don't agree with shit you got to say. Exactly. <laughs> they just wonder like, hmm, I wonder what the fuck this man gonna say today. Exactly. That I don't agree with. But I mean, if you listening, that's all I need. You know what I'm saying? On my end, that's all I need is for you to listen. Yep. And while I don't agree with a lot of what he does, like he says some, like for example, Kevin Samuels, right? Women all day will talk about how this man breaks down women. But y'all still fucking listening. Y'all still going on this man's show. You still calling in. Yeah, like, I don't get people who complain about the shit, but yet you calling in to get on the fucking show. like Facts. And I think that's just because, like, everybody, like, I feel like this generation just want, they like you said, they want to be seen. So if that means I don't agree with Kevin Samuels, I don't like nothing that he says about women because it's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. But when I got an issue, I'm going to call that motherfucker because I know I'm going to be on live with Kevin Samuels in front of 70,000 people. You know what I'm saying? And even if they don't agree with what I'm saying, I guarantee you out of them 70,000, there's a percentage of them that's going to follow me. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to be viral because I was on with Kevin Samuels. And I feel like that's just the way that a lot of the younger people think nowadays just to get, you know, just to get their face out there or just to get some type of notoriety. Like it's hard. I feel like it's hard for younger people to really say what they want to say because they want, they don't want everybody judging them for them speaking their real mind, like speaking what they really mean. So they would rather just hop on a train or hop on whatever wave everybody else got going on and just kind of fall into, fall into the mix instead of just being they self because they're afraid of what other people are going to say about them. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like that, it's just a, it's like I use social media to promote. I use social media to have conversations. I don't use social media for a way of acceptance or to be any type of approval. Like, because that shit can be given and shit can be taken away in the same Facts. day. It just depends Facts. on what audience decides to look at your shit that day. Facts. Um, and so, like, that that same thing has to transfer to all aspects of life. It's so freeing once you stop worrying what people think. Like, it's, it's like, my mom has the saying. I, and I, for my loyal listeners, they'll hear me because I say it all the time. My mom has said this shit to me when I was, I honestly think I was like 9 or 10 years old. And it stuck with me all my life from then. She once said, she was like, other people's opinions, when you really think about it, aren't any of your business, even if they are about you. So why do you give a fuck what they think? Facts. And that shit has stuck with me my whole entire life. And it's like, you know what? You're right. Like, even if their opinion is about me, unless they bring it to me to have a conversation, that shit ain't none of my business. It ain't none of my business. If you never heard it, you would have never known that that's what they thought about you. Exactly. Exactly. And like people worry so much. What are they saying? What do they like? There's somebody talking about me and you right now that we don't even Facts. fucking that isn't even a fucking factor in our lives. So why we, like I don't worry about this shit. Exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you spend most of your time worrying about what somebody else is going to do or what somebody else thinks about you, you're never going to be able to be who you really want to be because you always got that thought in every move that you make is going to be based off of somebody else's assumption of you or somebody else's opinion. It's not going to be based off of what you want to do because what you want to do is always going to be put on the back burner because you're always going to think, well, damn, that might not make so-and-so happy or so-and-so. My mom might not like that. I did this. So I'm not going to do what I really want to do because my mom wanted me to go to school, but you know, I wanted to go move out over here, but I'm not going to do that because my dad really wants me to stay here. And it's just like, you know, if you always make your moves based off of what somebody else is going to think of you, then you're never going to be where you want to be in life because it's always going to be somebody else's thought process and opinions holding you back from doing what you want to do. And yeah, and it's not always meant to be negative. Like, like, like you, you I'm glad that you mentioned you like your mom and your dad, right? Because our parents usually want the best for like some people got fucked up ass parents, but generally Fast. our parents want the best for us. Right. But we can't even live for them because of that. Like you, we, as far as we know, until we find out reincarnation is real, we get one motherfucking life. Right. Right. You have to live that life for you. Like we, like you, you we worry about other people's expectations. We worry about how other people are going to think about certain decisions we make at the end of the day. If you can live with that decision, if you can walk away and realize that even if that decision goes left or takes a bad turn, that you're happy that you made it or you can take away something that you learn from it or whatever, learn from a mistake, then do that shit. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks about. And that's one of the the, the key things like in our community is, is when we get to like that place of realizing like 
I, I love my mama, but at the end of the day, I can't live for my mom. You feel me? Right. I, like when I left St. Louis, I know for a fact my mama would have rather me not ever lived in the state, she a city that she didn't live in. That's because we just that that close. But at the right. end of the day, I can't make like moving to Columbus has been one of the best decisions of my life. I can't if I would have tried to make a decision because of how she felt about it or for her or to make her happy, I would have been robbing myself of certain experiences. You gotta you gotta live for you, bro. You gotta live for right. You. Facts, bro. Like I know people. Like I have friends, like I got a friend who uh his mother's always kind of been like sick, like she battled cancer a lot when we was in school and things like that. So like and he's my age, he's 30 years old and he still lives with his mother because he feels like he 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 feels like she can't live without him. Like he always worries about what if something happens. Like she's not working. Um I don't know I don't know her financial situation as far as whether she's whether she's getting disability or not. I know at one point she was and at one point she wasn't. So that was kind of a battle as well. But um, like for him, I feel for him because like I feel like there's some there's certain situations to where, you know, you kind of feel obligated. Like you kind of feel like you can't leave because of situations like that. And you feel like if I leave, what if this person can't make it without me. What if this person dies because nobody else is around to help this person move and get through their day-to-day activities or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there's people that I know to where it's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing right now, bro? You're fucking 30 years old. There's no reason why you should be even living with your parents or even, you know what I'm saying? Getting help from your parents. And I feel like that, that aspect of it comes from, you know, parents spoiling their kids and like you said, wanting to give their kids everything that they didn't have that, you know, we put so much time into giving our kids everything they didn't have. We don't realize that we're giving them more than what they need. We do realize we're giving them more than what they need, but it's like a certain level of satisfaction for us as parents to be able to give our kids things that we didn't have growing up. But at the same time, it's kind of, depriving them of learning how to grow up and become an adult because those are some of those things that they get from us they become dependent whereas we didn't have that growing up so we are we automatically were never dependent on it you know what i mean so i feel like that's where our generation is kind of bridging that gap and having to learn how to bridge that gap into where we can know to give our kids what they want but at the same time they need to learn that there's that we had to work for that shit so you got to work for your shit too yeah, definitely. I mean, and the thing is, is that like we're naturally in a place like as parents where we don't want to see our kids fail. Right. We don't want right. to try to protect them so much from failing. But then we're also robbing them of opportunities to learn as they grow when they do that. Like the comparison that I can use to that is like if you always keep your kid from falling when they're learning to ride a bike without training wheels, they will never learn. There's something in that first time you bust your ass trying to ride that mm-hmm. bike that you'd be like, all right. I need to pedal faster because I'm not finna fall down and scrape my knee knee again. So right. like you learn from mistakes, and like we can we can we can try to fight so hard to protect them from making mistakes that you know then when then they're then they're completely unprepared, right? They're completely unprepared for life when we are when we when either we get sick or we're not around or whatever. They don't know how to operate because they're so used to having us around, coddling them. Like you have to allow these children to make mistakes. You have to allow them chances to grow. You have to allow them chances to fail and not necessarily throw it back in their face, but just say, all right, I let you do that. I, I knew you were probably going to fail, but all right, now, 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 what did you learn from it? And I can tell you how you cannot do it again. Facts. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah. But I mean, anything else on your heart and mind, bro, before we go? Man, as I always say, bro, you know, I appreciate you having me on your show, bro. Like, for real, I appreciate you giving me your time. Um, well, I'm definitely going to have to get with you on the on those podcast awards and those meetups, bro, because I'm definitely trying to definitely trying to do that network and expand and, you know, what I'm saying keep the podcast going. Um, but other than that, bro, man, I have nothing to say. Once again, I appreciate you. I appreciate your listeners for, you know, taking the time to listen to me. And I hope everybody's blessed. Definitely, man. What's what's coming up next on the Blunt Effect podcast, man? What you cooking up over there? Man, uh, I told you the other day I had a, a interview with a, a pro baller from my city, and that didn't go the way that we wanted to go that particular day. So tomorrow, I'm actually getting ready to. I'm interviewing tomorrow, so I, um, I'm working on an episode where. You know, this guy, his name is Alonzo Coleman. He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He played, uh, he plays pro basketball overseas. 
And uh, he started up a pro-am in the city. Whereas, you know, Charlotte, I mean, I know you're, you're good. You're big into sports. You know, Charlotte is a, is a small sports yeah. city. Like, we're not really known for pro sports. We're known for college, you know, a little bit of high school. But, um, you know, he's doing the pro-am thing in Charlotte. And I feel like I've been to a few. I've been to like six games, bro. And it's really like bringing a community together and just doing a lot of things for the city of Charlotte, a lot of things for the athletes. And like I said, I've been wanting to uh, network and basketball is my favorite sport. So I just once I got my foot in the door and I started talking to him, he said he was down to do an interview. I'm like, bet, like, let's do it, bro. So that's what I got going on right now. I'm working on getting ready to do that episode. And then I'm probably just going to keep trying to uh, link up with other companies and other, you know what I'm saying? Independent businessmen and women around my area and just trying to navigate and just trying to get them on the show and get, keep, keep everybody's shit going, you know, get my shit out there and just exploit everybody else's brand as well. And cause I've, I've learned in this game that you have to be willing to promote other people in order to get to, re- to receive that promotion back. Like there's only so much you can do by yourself as a creator without networking with anybody without connecting and finding people that are within your range of likeness that like you for you and like what you're doing that are willing to promote your shit. So, um, cause I thought for a while, you know, I can just promote that shit myself. And I mean, which I can, but it's, it's a lot harder. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier when you're networking and going to events in your city and pop-up shops and things like that and just showing your face. And I feel like that over the last, I would say, Eight months is probably what I've learned about podcasting the most is that it's not just about me going in and making content because the content ain't going to go nowhere if I don't if I don't go out and show my face or if I don't go and show anybody anything. So now I'm getting more into the networking and getting out of my shell and talking to people and not being nervous and all that kind of shit. And it's, I mean, so far it's been working out in my, in my favor. That's where all those reels and shit I've been doing lately been coming from, bro. So it's been working out. I got to get so. on the reels, bro. Like I, I'm doing good on the video promotion, but like I, I've been watching like some stuff about like how much Instagram actually promotes reels over anything else to like random people. And bro, so, reels is where it's at, I bro. I see, bro. And like the first, that I remember shit when that shit first started, at. I'm like, Man, who the fuck gonna be watching this vertical video shit? Right. Like, it's taken like it's, it hasn't been immediate. It's taken like three years since they launched IGTV for it to like it basically became reels and it to really get to a place now. But like I say, I see it on TikTok, for example. Like I posted a um a podcast snippet on TikTok. I posted it the same time I did on Twitter. Like it, that shit got like a, over a thousand views within like thirty minutes on TikTok, bro. I didn't use no bro. hashtags or nothing. It shit bro, was crazy. I'm telling you. That's and I, I I think that's gonna be my new thing. Like I've been I've been kind of on TikTok lately. Um, I used to be on Facebook heavy. Like I used to be on them Facebook groups heavy, but that's just washed down. I feel like I feel like every time I go in there, there's always somebody the talking thing. about some sub for sub see, and that's the thing. all that. The the podcast groups because everybody is just think that this sub for sub, listen for listening. That's not how you grow. What I've learned Thanks. with Facebook and the thing that's helped me is like I'm part of a group that's called Black Media Consciousness. I'm part of a Black Filmmakers group where it's not about podcasting. It's literally about the craft. So like if I'm talking about some shit going on in the Black community, I'll post it in that Black Media Consciousness group and they eat that shit up. Whereas if I post it in a podcast, like the podcast groups, unfortunately, people don't even really watch or listen or pay attention to the content. They, really they immediately don't. respond back with with their link and do listen for yep. listen. It's like you didn't even you didn't even pay attention to what I posted. Like yep. I remember one time I posted there something about like what about like hey uh, let's 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 say what some of the, our first things of our hurdles, first hurdles or whatever that we had in podcasting, and it was like the first ten comments links and listen for listen. I'm like, you didn't even read right. the Right. And bro, these motherfuckers be screenshotting this shit. Like, yeah, how, you fucking, like, how you screenshot some shit you ain't listen to? Shit's crazy, man. Shit's crazy. Hell yeah. That shit, man. Like, people are so caught up in like, that shit that they don't, they don't really know how to build. They don't know how to promote. And I understand, especially when you start out, why you think that listen for listen thing is going to work. But at the end of the day, like, that shit ain't really going to get far. That's why, like, one of the things that I've done since I started this podcast is bring on other creatives, like invite other people on because that's what really, A, I get to see you as a person then, right? So I get to know if right. I really fuck with you based off the conversation that we have. And then right. that's what builds an actual connection because now, 
Like, after me and you listen, bro. Like, me and you talk. Like, we don't do it as consistently as what we did at first. But, like, we'll shoot each other messages. Like, and I'd and I, I I'd have no problem hitting you up. Like, hey, Rod, I'm in your city. Let's link up. Like, that's Facts. an actual connection that we have. Facts. It's so much different than the listen for listen type shit, man. Hell yeah. And, I, that, like, bro, I done got to the point where I actually told myself this, like, last week. I'm like, after. So, I did the Instagram Reels thing, right? Uh-huh. And. I think my first video, bro, that video had like 600 views within like 20 minutes, bro. And then after that, I was like, yo, like this is really what's going on right now. Like Instagram reels and these TikTok, because I hear people say that shit all the time when they talk about talking about podcasting and networking and how to get some traction for your stuff. And people always say TikTok, Instagram reels and Twitter. And I'm like, I can see Instagram and I can see TikTok, Twitter, not so much, at least for me, not so much, but Facebook is, I've never, I didn't hear anybody say Facebook. And I feel like I I do everything that I do on Instagram and Twitter, I do on Facebook. And I feel like Facebook has the least amount of traction out of all of it. And Instagram like that, like I said, them reels, bro, I've, I've come to learn those reels and having those short little clips because when you think about it bro it's you're giving the people just enough just enough and then exactly. they can figure out like all right let me go click exactly. this link so i can get the rest of this shit and if you exactly. edit it perfectly like if you have a good cliffhanger with some some shit on tiktok or reels bro that shit people will eat that shit up they, yes sir so. yes sir and i'm gonna keep on doing that shit so <laughs> i think that's what i'm gonna do that's gonna be my thing for now definitely man definitely well uh Go ahead and give me your social media so they can follow you, man. Let's get up out of here. All right, everybody. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at your boy Rod. You can follow the podcast at the Blunt Effect Podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Blunt Effect, sorry, the Blunt Effect Pod on Twitter. The Blunt Effect Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you can listen to it on any of your favorite podcasts and platforms at the Blunt Effect Podcast. All right. You guys know where you can follow me at. That's at CEO Hayes, at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week we out this bitch. Peace. Peace. <laughs> that was fun, bro. <laughs>